This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. To many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's Word. Doing part four of my teaching on words of our salvation. So far, we have covered born again, redemption new creation and today we deal with a big word justification 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 has to do with the legal side of our salvation there is a legal side to our salvation and the word is used uh, mainly in law and in the law courts. When we say that we are justified, it means that God has made a pronouncement on us. Being a new creation is an act of God as our father. Being justified is an act of God as judge. So God plays different roles in our salvation. As a father, he makes us new creation. As a judge, he declares us justified. So, I start with Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 26. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus you know sometimes when I read these words uh, in the Bible I wish I will just pause and uh, just uh, do a long study of what uh, these words mean because such rich content uh, from the verses we just read. But we will limit ourselves to our subject for today, which is justification. And it comes from the verb justify. Justify. Justification is the noun. The verb is justify, but it's talking about the same thing justify 
So what does it mean when the Bible says we are justified or God has uh, justified us? To justify means to declare as right before God or to declare a person as right before God. This is God's legal declaration that we are now in right standing with him. So when we say a person is being justified by God, it means God has declared him that the person is right. It doesn't mean that the person necessarily is a good person, but that God has declared him to be right or righteous. Justify. It also means to be freed from condemnation. When we are justified by God, he frees us from condemnation so that we can fully enjoy all that he has for us. Justification doesn't speak to a change in the moral character. That is for new creation. Justification doesn't mean the person has become a good person necessarily, but a change in the legal status that the believer has before God. And I'll explain that uh, through this me message. So, though God expects change of character to occur after we are justified, justification doesn't give us a moral character. It simply means that God says you are now free and you have a right standing before him. So, I want you to take note of the verse 26 of Romans 3, which we just read. I, I like it. It says that to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he, God, might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So the passage says that God is both just and a justifier of those who believe in Christ Jesus. God is just and a justifier. What does that mean when the Bible says God is just and a justifier? It means that God is just by nature and a justifier by action. He is just and he does justification. So if God is just and a justifier, it means that God cannot justify unjustly. So what does it mean to justify unjustly? To justify unjustly is to find somebody who is bad and call him good. When you go to a law court and, and a, somebody is before the court, the case is bad and everybody hears the case, they hear every part of the case, and we all know that this case, this person had done what he's supposed to have done. And then the judge says, 
not guilty. When that happens, all of us say, not fair. Why? Because he has justified a wicked person. Somebody that everybody knows has committed the offense. The judge says he is not guilty. And God doesn't do that. God doesn't look like at a sinner right in his face and says, you are justified. No. Because if God looks at a sinner right in his face and says that the sinner is justified, he will not be just. So for God to justify, he has to be a just God so that his justification can be just. Now that is a dilemma because God is dealing with sinners. So how does he make a sinner justified without losing his justice? That is the dilemma that has to be resolved through Christ. And we'll see how God became both just and a justifier of bad people. Sinners. How did he do it? Well, as I said, justification is a legal term. So I, I just want to give you uh, the, a concept of God's tribunal or God's courtroom, the judgment seat of God. So in God's tribunal, he's about to determine a case. And in this case, he has to be just and a justifier. How can he be just and a justifier? Well, in God's tribunal, there are different uh, players. The first, obviously, is God Almighty. He is the just judge. God is inflexibly just. He cannot be unjust. He doesn't bend his rules. God takes his laws strictly and enforces them. He renders to each man according to his deeds. So when God sits as a judge, he upholds his word. He upholds his rule. So if you look at the passage, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If all have sinned, God cannot treat sinners as good people. As a judge, the only thing he can do to sinners is to punish them for their sins. So in God's tribunal, there is God Almighty. Then there is the accused. The accused is the sinner, you and I. Those who have violated God's will. So God is sitting in judgment against sinners. In God's court there is the prosecution. Those who are bringing a case against the sinner before God. And the prosecution has three witnesses. The first is the law. The law. In John chapter 5 verse 45, Jesus says, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses in whom you trust. Now Moses is, represents the law. Jesus says, I am not an accuser. When you stand before God and God is judging you, God uses the law to witness against you. 
the law or the law of Moses or what we call the Mosaic law is a witness against us. So when we read the law, we say, thou shall not, thou shall not, don't do this, don't do that. And we've done all of that. That law is now coming against us. So in God's tribunal, there is the accused and there is the law accusing us. Not only does the law accuse us, conscience also accuses us. Romans chapter 2 verse 15. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness. And between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So our conscience also accuses us. You know the, the thing about law is that the law only catches you when it catches you. So if you, if you break the law and nobody catches you. You cannot be brought before a court. The only way you can be accused is when the law catches you and uh, you are caught. But sometimes when the law catches you and nobody catches you, your conscience catches you. So when we stand before God, not only is the law accusing us, our conscience is also accusing us. So what you did in secret that nobody saw, your conscience tells you you did it. So in the prosecution, the law is against you, your conscience is against you, and then there is a third very, very serious prosecution witness, Satan. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has accused, who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So there are three accusers. The law is an accuser. Your conscience is an accuser. And Satan is an accuser. Satan has a case against all of us. And what is his case? His case is very simple. God, you say you are just. When I sinned with the angels, you cast me out and condemned me. These have sinned. If you must be just, you must treat them as you treated me. That is his case, simple case. So when we stand before God, the law is saying you have disobeyed God. Your conscience is saying you have disobeyed God. And Satan is saying you have also disobeyed God. And not only that, he is the one who instigated your disobedience. So he has a file of your record. He says, Father, I'm the one who told him to go and do that. I, I told him to do that. And he did that. And I suggested he should go and take that man. And he did. And I said he should take that woman. And he did. This is his charge sheet. I investigated it. I instigated it. And this is the proof. How can man be free and be justified before God in this law court? When God is just, he must uphold his law. Our conscience is accusing us. And now the chief prosecutor. Satan says. I, if, you want, if you want proof. I can give you proof. Things that nobody saw. I made him do it. And if you are just. Then he has to be punished. 
So how do we escape condemnation under such accusation? What has man got in his defense for God to justify him? Only one, our advocate. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the advocate. First John chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, have you? <laughs> if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for that of the whole world. Jesus is an interesting advocate. He does not just represent us. He actually takes our place. So the law is accusing you. Your conscience is accusing you. Satan is accusing you. The only one who can defend you is Jesus. And you cannot defend yourself. Because you know in your conscience you've done it. The evidence of the law, you've done it. And now the bad boy also says, I did bad with you. You can't run away from it. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 15 says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. So how does God justify the sinner without committing an abomination? If God is going to justify us, how does he do that without committing an abomination? And he does that. If God is going to justify a man, then... The condition of sin in man has to be paid for. If sin has not been paid for, then justification cannot take place. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.